Hello, welcome to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. It is Thursday, the 21st of February, and yet again, as it is every Thursday, it's Europa League night. It doesn't seem to be ever not a Europa League night. And we're going to go across to David Bugle. International club club friendlies. I can't even say club (laughs) friendlies. That's the biggest one. It's FC Yenisei Krasnoyarsk 5 <laughs> I have to say it in the accent and then Deutschlandsburger SC3 <laughs> love it where did they get these names anyway there you go that's what it is but anyway Arsenal have won 3-0 against Bate Borisov to go through um, no other massive shocks obviously Valencia uh, finished the tie off 1-0 against Celtic um, I can't think of the guy's first name but they signed him from um, Dortmund Tolian was sent off and it was doom and gloom I presume from there on in yep. Chelsea are currently nil all at home to Malmo um, but they're up from the first leg I have to say it's a joke obviously TV plays a big part but it's crazy that the League Cup is on on Sunday and they played on Monday night for TV purposes Yeah, match today and then League Cup on, on, on Sunday like surely the FA Cup uh, yeah it's a big game but put it on the Friday night last week or something Yeah, I well, know the Champions League was on but Obviously, Champions League gets preference. I know people aren't going, but I think I just, it just goes to show you, like, they couldn't care less about that final. No, they couldn't and, really. I'll and tell you, City need to win it, like, as in they should win it. It's Chelsea, so I don't really care. Yeah, but I'd be pissed off if I was a fan. It, it, it happens, though, doesn't it? It's happened over I know the years, it does happen, know. but it the FA Cup gets know, the week off, everything else gets the week off. I know. Uh, it is what it is, but anyway. Um, and then Inter are 2-0 up on Rapid Vienna. As I said, it looks pretty much like there's no major socks. I'll just go into Real Betis and Ren. Ren are away to Real Betis and they're winning 2-1. And it is currently... Great. They don't tell us what the aggregate is. Doesn't... Oh, yeah. They're, they're 5-4 up on aggregate. So that's a bit of an exciting one anyway. So maybe Ren away to Real Betis. Whether that's a big shock or not, I couldn't really tell you. But all the other big boys are pretty much true. Zenit St. Petersburg. It's the round It's the round of 32 and it's really next round that you kind of get your head yeah, around because you've got who's the likes true of and who's Arsenal, not. Zagreb, Frankfurt, Napoli, Salzburg, Valencia, Villarreal. Obviously, probably Leverkusen, Benfica, Chelsea. Yeah, Inter. It's going to get a little bit tidier and tastier then. Yeah, you know who's, who, who has a chance and yeah. who doesn't have a but chance. But in Bolivia tonight, there's a big... Um, Premier Division uh, game between the strongest and the destroyers. A half ten. Don't yeah. miss it. It's, it's in strong town. <laughs> or, uh, but sure, look, Sport Boy warns one Jorge Wilstermann. Yeah. Tri- <laughs> yeah, they're great. I, names. I don't believe you. They speak Spanish. Well, they obviously. I don't know. I don't very, very strange. And there's a Liverpool in Uruguay, which I didn't know. I did know that. No, Liverpool a, Montevideo versus Bahia, Bahia of Brazil. That's their Europa League Copa Sudamericana. Okay, right. Anyhow, listen. Anyway, let's move along quick. <laughs> we're being told to move on. Well, we're going to go to a song, aren't we? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to rob this. I, it's a song of the week on another radio station, and I heard it today on the way home. I, I like the bass. Bit groovy. This is Eka with Just a Thing. Welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to text us, it's 087 062 7138. If you want to email us, it's the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com. 
Sorry, I like the bass. That's how I believe. I like it a bit. I slap it a bass, man. <laughs> Did you ever see that film? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't matter. What is it? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I think it's I Love You Man. Remember when your man's trying to get himself a best man? Yes. Slap it a bass. I'd slap it a bass, man. No, sorry. Anyway, moving on. Embarrassing myself here. No, one's, no one's listening. It's grand. No, oh. the people are listening. What are you talking <laughs> about? Myanmar. Myanmar. Did anyone ever hear the country Myanmar? Oh, I never oh. heard of that. Yeah, no. I d- I've heard of it, but I'm not going to try and... Like, what do you know about Myanmar? Just that every time I see the name on something, go, that's a funny name. Yeah, I've never. That's all I know. I, I thought I knew. I'm fairly good at jokes. Very big now, in Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. <laughs> anyway. Listen, go. What's that film? Don't know. I, John Candy, when he's the poker poker, poker poker. The greatest poker king in the West. That's exactly Catching O'Hara. Or, is that Catching O'Hara's reaction? Home Alone. Remember when he offers the lift? Yeah. And it just keeps yeah, going on yeah. and on and on. Oh, is that here in Chicago? No, no, Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving yeah, on, moving yeah. on. We're being told to move I on. I get you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, yeah, sell the class tonight again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chris Sutton had uh, some words Chris to has, say. Chris always has something to say, and I mean that in a good way. But he, again, he is asked. I, I mean so, that in a good way, he does. Uh, let's hear what Chris had to say well, about Celtic in their current state. Split uh, you know, uh, uh, amongst the fan base in terms of, OK, domestic dominance, that's great. Uh, you know, Celtic can win the treble, treble. But performances in Europe haven't been good enough. Mm. And, 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 and Brendan Rodgers, the way he sets the team out, it's all too predictable and they they got really picked off uh, by Valencia who were a good side by the way they're yeah. eighth in La, La Liga but it was it but, was pretty telling so Chris is, is it is it um is that the issue in terms of how he's putting the players out there or is it actually a, a quality issue as well in terms of players that have well, been I signed it, I think it's a bit of both but I think when Brendan uh, you know came to the club he talked about wanting to progress in the Champions League and uh, you know you have to say on the evidence of the other night Celtic didn't look like a very good Europa League team and they should be competing should be competing better the home record in recent years hasn't been good enough and I think it's a worry because Celtic fans want the big occasion mm. 60,000 fans all the, all the disco lights before it's brilliant before the game, but the team need to start really performing on the park. And I do think there's a split. Surely Celtic can't just be happy with the domestic success. The support want the big European night. So should they spend more money? They've got Give money in call. the bank. Uh, anything else to add? Well, I looked at the... There's a few people who put up... Celtic people that I know. Of course. And How dare you? Yeah, they've put up videos of... Celtic Park or Parkhead whatever you mm. want to call it and they've put up the videos of look at these amazing lights look at look at the atmosphere before the game does it get you to win they're spending money on disco lights as, as Sutton just said there <laughs> and they're not spending on the team or yeah. they didn't spend on the team which let the likes of Rangers not catch up with them yeah. now they've been caught up and I, I just think that they've took their eye off the ball yeah. and you can see that Drastic. This is not over one year. This is not over two years. Um, it's probably not even because of the lights, but it's definitely been a lack of uh, money being put into the team over the last five, six, seven years since Rangers were out of the league, and co- it's costing them that's badly been a because b- they're not even performing a little bit. But that's probably been a hit for them as well because yeah. they've had no push. And I think, in fairness, but should Europe not be their push? A hundred percent should. But I think they've been just spending enough to stay on top at home. Instead of really looking to, listen, how much money can we really make? Which they have it. If they look back in the books, how much they can really make if they get out of that group stage or even make it to the group stage of the Champions League. And it's only getting richer and richer. Liverpool's um, financial uh, 
results came out in the last uh, in the last week or so, and they've made the biggest profit ever in a year by any team. And to be honest, it wasn't necessarily the Champions League run. The Champions League run gave it a boost, but it was predominantly down to the sale of Coutinho. But it just goes to show you, it does go hand in hand. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go to a Champions League final, but a group stage and then even to get out into the last 16 alone, I'm sure, is monster money for them. Um, but yeah, it, Celtic have annoyed me in the last few years. It's just very much trying to buy the best of Scotland and just staying arm's length away from the rest instead of really trying to do something again in Europe. So instead of improving their team, yeah. they're dismantling other teams to go and win the league, yeah. which is kind of cheating in a way. They're not yeah. actually being progressive. They're yeah, not being the ambitious. Maybe not there anymore. I don't know. Or maybe they're trying to be... Ah, there's money. If you have 60,000 people, you have the, nearly the whole of Ireland But look at the money you it. have to spend to get the ordinary players now. Like they have to spend maybe 20 million for a player to get an ordinary player. But he wouldn't be an ordinary player for them he'd be something special that's why they have to go to PSG and get their starlets for a year mm. on loan um, I'm not trying to defend them I'm just saying but have they not always done like, that did they not yeah, go and get Larson did they not go and get Van Dijk these were players but that was clever scouting really. he got him in Scotland is that in, not what they still should be doing though of course they should be you know I mean they, should be a they have player. him Maratchik and stuff people never heard of these mm. players until and they're very good at it they've been very good at that's it that's the whole thing maybe they're not out there maybe they're not putting their scouts out there I don't know but it is disappointing and it is going to catch up on them because Rangers whether you like it or not if you're a Rangers fan and whether they'll put themselves in trouble again financially in order to beat Celtic mark yeah. my words of course they will they probably are already now with a club that that size I'm baffled by how <clears throat> they have the run of Scotland how their academy aren't bringing them through Gems like real gems. Mm. They've brought through a couple of players. Surely they can who, fuck the best of Scotland. Both yeah. teams and both teams don't really bring players through as much anymore. No, they have a player who might spark for a year or maybe maybe even a year and a half or two yeah. years, and then falls apart in that league. And you know, I, I think I just think it's very disappointing. I, I don't think Celtic are going in the right direction, and for them to have any chance in Europe at all, they need to sort out one their academy and two basically a little bit of ambition because I don't think they have yeah. that ambition yeah. oh, no. so, and you look at Chelsea maybe they're going to start doing it but Chelsea are, are, are throwing out players left right and centre on loan and mm -hmm. trying to you know, farm them out you know, there is good players there to take so everywhere. if Celtic and, so and Rangers had a bit of ambition take some of them players in take them nourish them and bring them on and then you know if you still want to make your money you can sell them on in your five or six years or whatever yeah. but yeah I, I just think it's disappointing I don't think they have their focus on what they really want I'm not sure they know what they really want apart from what they you really know want. bit of a disco yeah yeah a bit of a disco and thing um, so speaking of which uh, moving on to the Champions League you have to start with Leroy Sani's free kick oh it's unbelievable I just saying to just you just watch it from millions of different angles and just enjoy it it's unbelievable, wasn't it? Like, you know, it's a to run it with the bit of pace that he did, hit it with the pace that he did, and just to get over the wall and stay at that height and get into the top corner, it's just beautiful. Because you've been slightly, and maybe it's unfair on De Bruyne, but you're slightly disappointed on his couple of free kicks mm -hmm. beforehand. You're like, mm -hmm. ah, one tried to go under the wall, and you're like, oh, God. And then when you see Sané step up, you're kind of thinking along the yeah. same lines. Is he going to balloon over, hit the wall? But it's cracker. It's a cracker. It, there's, Absolute. Cracker. There's not too many better. It's than up that, there, there with with the, with with all the, the famous free kicks, yeah. without a doubt. And delighted to see Fernandinho finally getting caught out. Um, my mind's been opened for uh, for the last few months. One of the lads in the, in the job, and he always comes out with little gems. But he says, "Look, watch a few City games. They're the masses of the little fouls constantly. The clever fouls." You know, and he says, watch Fernandinho, he'll probably commit 10 or 15, he don't even know he's doing them. And then he start watching them, and he is, and then he got cut out for the peno, and then he's, he finally got his comeuppance in a way, if you know what I mean. But it's, 
people are slowly starting to see it and every now and then when it comes up other people are going oh yeah I know it's the two they're always at it they're very good. but if you look at his Barcelona teams were the same yeah. Busquets was the general of that doing the little thing and pulling hairs or doing just going up close to a player and then diving holding his face and Puyo was a master at it as well it's part of the game now but the theatrical side of it hasn't really happened as much in City because he probably knows you won't get away with it in England quite yeah. as much because over in Europe and in South America it's very much promoted do whatever you can to get that angle. But in England, it's the one kind of stiff upper lip thing they kind of keep sacred, so to speak. Um, but it's very, very interesting. But um, yeah, it's still a, an impressive win away from home with 10 men. But it should have been dead and buried. It comes down to the referees, though, in them situations. And VAR was massive as well. Yeah, what did you think of the VAR? See, I, see, the handball rule always frustrates me a little bit because it's a bit like offside. There's permutations to offside now. It's not just if, he's, if there's a line or if there's an arm. That shot's going on goal. Yeah. And an arm stops it. I couldn't care less if it's intentional or not. It's yeah. a handball. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know if that's the rule. But the fact is, they went to VAR and they gave it. So I presume maybe it is. As I said, I'm only guessing. Yeah. But if that ball is going towards goal or is about to be crossed to, some, to affect play and an arm hits it, whether it's by your side or not, I don't care. That's a handball. Even if you're right on top of a player and you hit it and mm. it hits his arm, like he, he was nine meters or whatever yeah, it was, was away. away. That was fair enough. But if it's a closer distance, mm. can you understand not giving it then? Yeah, yeah. Like if there's I'm, nothing I'm you can not, do, because your, your hands have to be somewhere. I know what you're saying, but it's just it's one of the it's it's a rule that annoys me. I just wish it was a bit more black and white. We see what annoys me is is that when you see defenders now having to defend with their hands behind their back, which is mm. absolutely ridiculous, mm. because this rule has come in where people not even this rule it's been focused on oh if it hits the, the hand day, it's, but it's back a penalty. In the day, if I'm not mistaken, if the ball hit the hand, the ball hit the hand. It was always handball in my opinion. I think. I don't think. Or was so. it always always? I think it has to be. I think. It, listen, I, from no matter what it is, I think it has to be. If it's on purpose, it's a penalty. If it's not, mm. it's not a penalty. I think it's the same with with. Well, though, I suppose if, if I'd be annoyed if I was to go attacking and I seen a hand stop it, yeah. whether it's intentional or not, I'd be annoyed. Now that doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just I'd be pissed off. Yeah. And I watching it last night, I'd be like that's a pen on my eyes because I'd want it. Yeah, I think if there, say if there was a ball on someone on the line and it accidentally handled the ball, yeah, whatever way it was accidentally handled the ball. I think the ball from going over. I think it should be given the penalty then. Yeah. No yellow card or anything. Yeah. Right, accidental, but it's a penalty because you get an unfair advantage for it. Um, yeah, no, and look, the interesting thing is VAR was there, they had a good look at it. If they know the rules, obviously they do better than me because I can't say yes or no. Whatever, fair play, yeah. whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, now, just as you said, Pep Guardiola, I just want to finish off that kind of section there. Sure. But ahead of the Schalke game in the Champions League, the Spaniard was quizzed about his legacy. During his pre match conference, a reporter asked him, What do you say to people who claim you've won? The champions, you've not won the Champions League since Barcelona because you don't have Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta. <laughs> uh, and surprisingly, Guardiola agreed with that school of thought. He said, I completely agree with them, completely agree with them. I would not argue one second because when I was there, I said many times, I have incredible players. I did it as well with Munich and Manchester, but in Barcelona, I was a lucky guy, and I'm sorry I was lucky I agree with them. Is that kind of his way of just fobbing it off? Yeah, probably a nice way of batting it away. Wouldn't it? Because this year, as I was saying today, this year by looking at the teams who are regarded as the top are in transition. Yeah. Um, Barcelona without Shadow without Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. You know, if I was City and Paris in the background, they should be rubbing their hands going, this is it. This is the, the, the doors open. We need to smash through it for them too because they're the new 
big clubs potentially. Yeah. This is their year. One of them, ha- in my opinion, somebody like if being in the game that we're in, I'd be putting me. I'm putting pressure on them too. One of them too should be trying to force their hand on this. Yeah. Because they're better than the rest. And the other teams, as I said, are definitely in transition. They're not quite the same sides. One of them should be pushing through and winning it, providing injuries and suspensions, everything. I'd be tipping one of them two to win it, but that doesn't mean I don't, I'm not necessarily certain they will. So we talk about Bayern Munich and Liverpool. Very scrappy game. Very scrappy game. Your thoughts on... Both teams giving away the ball very easy. Your, but um, your thoughts, you're looking at Bayern Munich who are in transition. You're looking at Liverpool who are sort of... On, on right the way, I think Liverpool should have come away with at least a goal. They should have got something. They had a couple of chances. Now nothing overly fantastic. Like Manny, yeah, fair enough. He was four yards, five five yards away from goal, but he was torn and swiveling, hit the back of his foot. But the best chance, and it wasn't a chance. Well, it wasn't a chance in other people's eyes. I'm, I'm sick of TV. You have you have the replay, and you still stick to your original point, the one where Salah came in. And everyone, oh, Wijnaldum's not getting in his way. It wasn't. Watch the replay. The ball was rolling perfect for Wijnaldum to come in and smash it first time. And Salah should have got out of the way. Mm. No, I don't know whether Wijnaldum screamed or whatever. But then the two of them ended up kind of coming together. And five, six yards out, I wouldn't have put it past Wijnaldum. He's phenomenal again at the, uh, on Tuesday night. But yeah, it was a scrappy game. I'd be annoyed if I was Liverpool. But one fan is quite happy. We'll finish on this before we go to that. He's quite happy that away goals count double. <laughs> so anyway listen to this I'm going to call him a scouser he's not a Liverpool fan I'll call him a scouser will we go through well you know uh, a draw will do us in uh, Munich and we'll go through so we don't need to win we can need to just draw if we score a goal they need to score one or two so you know you remember one thing Andy away goes counts double yeah so yeah. if we score a goal in, in Munich they would have to score two yeah we score two, they'd have to score four. So you have to remember that uh, we're mm. still in a very good position. I think we three, haven't I think three Steve. Steve, I think, <laughs> Steve, I mean, if you score two away goals, they'll only need to get three. I mean, it's, it's not, Steve, it's not actually double. You know, it's not actually. Like, if you score three away goals, they don't okay. have to score okay. six. <laughs> Steve, <there's>, oh, my God. <laughs> If he's got three, they've got to score six. Andy. That is... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Ever. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. Liverpool and genius. Oh, yeah, brilliant. All us Liverpool fans know what we're talking about, don't we? Because uh, generally they always give it the big one going, oh, Liverpool fans are one of the most educated. Yeah, he, he's the prime example. <laughs> and the snort. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah yeah moving on oh just a little quick one uh, Atletico and, Real- and Juventus I was really looking forward to that last night but then feckin' Man City drama, kept getting in the it? way um, Diego Simeone giving it the cojones putting his hands where you can know and giving it the big one and uh, he's he's a class act in that sense maybe I use that in his very comments but it's great to see him but uh, Ronaldo a little bit petulant but he done a bit of a Jose respect respect yeah, three f- times he kind of I've won a five they've won a none you're, listen you're going to get stick mate but you, you know, know your when machine. they're doing that he's under he's not only he's under pressure yeah. but he's slightly embarrassed he, you know yeah. he, 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 probably one of his worst performances yeah. as, a, as a Juve player and he would love nothing better to really solidify his in Madrid 
it, it, yeah, but to win the Champions League for oh yeah, it's in Madrid the final, yeah. isn't it? For Juve to really go, hey Leo, look what I can do. I've won yeah. in three different places. You've yeah. you've only won it in one. You yeah. you play safe. You'd, you'd have to fancy Atletico two nil up going into the way. Of course. I mean, they, if they score one. Juventus have to yeah, score ten. Seven, so <laughs> <laughs> listen, we know what we're talking about, us Liverpool fans. You know, you know we're the most educated. So there now, you listen, have it. Before we, before we go on to that, else, um, QPR at the weekend, Queens Park Rangers. Steve McLaren. Uh, well, I'll play. The, I'll play the clip. This is West Brom scoring. I'll tell you what's. Uh, the mo- is this the most understated? Not only the kick a yeah, go on. I'll this is no. a this is a kick in the cojones. Is that what your cojones? Cojones, cojones, yeah, cojones. Yeah. The crowd roaring on their side, but they're in danger here. Again, the cross comes in. West Bromwich Albion are reeling in the top two. It is moments like this that push you on the path towards the Premier League, and it is Jake Livermore, the captain. Who is the hero? Well, it's a choker for Steve McLaren and his team, and uh, just when they thought they was going to edge and maybe stop the rut by gaining a valuable point, they've gone and thrown it all away. So, he sits down in the... Did you see the clip? That's brilliant. So, but I, I, Now, if anyone gets to look at the clip, have a look at the clip of Steve McLaren after they concede. It's a last-minute uh, winner for West Brom. Because managers might put their head in their hands or... As I said, kick the water bottles like Josie did at the start of the season or whatever. Or El Umbrella Boy, what did he do? Well, he got the bottle. He sat down, got the bottle, threw it on the ground. <laughs> it was ever so gentle. Gentle about it, though. But, it wasn't, but did it again. And then did it again. And it was very soft. He was like afraid to break the yeah, bottle. It was, yeah. like, he just, it was just a subtle little drop. And I think he's too nice. But anyhow, the thing is, is that if you look at the clip again, and it's the goal that's going in, where is the dugout? Because if you look at him... His head is like... Looking the opposite way. It's like he only gets to halfway line and then he slams down the bottle then like he's mm. looking at the halfway line when surely he should be looking to his far right. So Unless he knew what was coming. Well, I don't know. But the reason probably for it is because in their last three games, the 90 plus third minute uh, missed penalty and they lost 4-3. <laughs> The game before that, they conceded a penalty, lost 2-1, and then they conceded it in the 94th minute to lose 3-2. So that's three games in a row, and he's having a bit of a nightmare like at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then a final one for me in uh, the football, El Sado Berahino, who uh, infamous for West Brom. Didn't he down tills in them, or he just he bitched yep. about the chairman? and then he was For the good while, for the two or three occasions. Uh, Stoker trying to look at getting him sacked for gross misconduct. Um some experts are in one or two of the articles not sure it's enough but basically cried off uh, sick or slash slight injury for the weekend then was due to play against United for the under 23s on Monday and basically rang in sick and at 3 o'clock Ooh. Tuesday morning he was basically pulled over for drink driving um, allegedly he was at a restaurant oh, enjoying himself but he got into his car in a panic to get away from a mob he was something. getting attacked by some yeah. fella and they said he, got, he was getting away. But it wasn't his car. It was no someone idea. else's car. Oh, well, maybe he genuinely was then. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, they're pissed off at him anyway. Um, so they're certainly looking into trying to turf him out because he's got six million left on his contract. I don't know how many years, but it's worth six million quid. Nice. The new, um, what you call your man at Sunderland? What was his name? What's your man taking all the money in at Sunderland? Rodwell. 
<laughs> I couldn't think of his name. I thought you were like, did he have a stroke? The way you no. did your face there. No, we should have done Facebook Live for that because Christ <laughs> Almighty, I was like... Then I was thinking, I was going to say something else. You were else watching Sunday Until I Die. You kept telling me about yeah. it. I was like, you know who it is. Yeah, ah, Rodwell. Yeah. Rodwell Blackburn's finest now, playing to the half. Yeah, great. What man. a waste of... Um, anyway. Go. The heavyweights. Yes. The plot thickens in the soap that is boxing. Now, basically... Tell me what you think of the heavyweight situation at the moment. Well, I've I seen the first press, press, it's not press conference anymore, mate. It's presser. Right. I'm telling you, I'm really grand, Matt Gears. <laughs> Say, people saying presser or merch for merchandise. Anyway, difference or tremendous. I said that again today. People say tremendous. Oh, anyway, or definitely. Sangage. <laughs> Hang sangage. Hang sangage. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, boxing. Yeah, boxing. Anyway, I've seen the presser. For um, that, who was he fighting? Oh, Big Baby Miller and Joshua the other day, and Miller was giving it the big one, the big sell. They barely even got within a foot of each other for the face off, and he gave him the, an unmerciful push. And then, of course, I'll knock you out and make sure you're holding me here, big guy, because I don't want to get too close. Yeah. So they were both giving a both back, and then eventually got a stare down again. And Joshua was being exceptionally. Nasty in relation to him. Oh, he's a bitch. He's yeah. a big bitch. And well, let's let's hear what Miller had to say oh, about about Joshua first. Guys, somebody across the board. I feel like that, that that's really been doing good things. And then outside the ring, who looks more like a heavyweight champion is Tyson Fury. He's been there. He to me, he's different. You know, media likes stuff that looks pretty and and, and plays a role. You know, when you come from the streets, and you understand the grit, the grind, how the sport is in, it's a different kind of aspect of who is the best heavyweight because we we seen one heavyweight mentally break down and mentally strong and come back. We haven't seen a mental breakdown from AJ. I've heard about crazy things about him and his camp and all kind of crazy crap. But like I said before, when you're protecting most of your life and then you find out there's really wolves, bears, and tigers out here that don't give a crap where you come from and they gonna be in your face every day they act different so that's Miller basically saying he's a bit soft and he, he doesn't know uh, what tough is well if, if you watch some of Joshua's stuff where they, they follow him around or is it like he, he not necessarily stereotypical but he probably wouldn't be from the nicest of areas and he probably was around when he was younger but definitely living the good life in the last few years and obviously everything going his way, all the boxing going his way, all respect going his way. Now a lot of people are starting to bitch about him and a lot of people are starting to get, they're starting to turn the screw on him and I read an article on it, uh, I think it was on the BBC there last week about why all of a sudden is he starting to lose a bit of popularity because basically the general opinion probably from what you read in the media, they're starting to think, is it him that's ducking out with these fights? Because, it's, and, it, and it's only ever been since Fury and Wilder got, got it on. Once they got it on, everyone's like, yeah, screw Joshua, we don't need him. You know, all his mismatch fights lately. But in fairness, as we know, and I'll touch on it just briefly, it's very hard to get these bloody fights going. Yes, yeah. And I'm not going to say, I don't know, but I'm sure he has had a heart. Because at the end of the day, he booked Wembley for April and I think it was August or whatever, and he had to cancel yeah. April because obviously he couldn't get one of the big boys. And they probably said, let's not cheapen Wembley by getting another or whatever. But just a quick one, just to go to show you, everyone's gone to town on Anthony Crawler on the last 24 hours because he's fighting Vasyl Lomachenko, who 
is basically uh, I can't think of the weight division but he's basically Usyk's twin if you know what I mean the two of them are beasts they're both from the Ukraine and he's if anything I think he's a bit more talented than Usyk right. um, but no one would take him on it's as simple as that and Kroller's the mandatory fighter but everyone's giving out you know it's a mismatch and, and don't get me wrong it is but he's going to have to be fought but it's sooner the or one, later. It's the one time I'll go, do you know what, good luck to him. Get your payday. Hopefully you're safe. And hopefully just he can walk away with a nice big paycheck because there should be only one winner. And please, God, it's not on pay-per-view because if he does, Eddie Hearn's just a scumbag. You know? but listen, but anyway. Anthony Joshua's promoter, Eddie Hearn, is planning a new Trific, offer. Trific, you me. <laughs> he's planning a new offer to sign Deontay Wilder. Ooh. Yeah, well-documented negotiations between the camps have failed miserably over the past 12 months. However... The Brits want to start afresh following the WC cha- WBC champion's revelation he is a broadcast free agent. In response to Tyson Fury's new ESPN deal, Wilder confirmed he is not tied down to any network long well, term, promoting Hearn to now suggest he signed the Matchroom USA and streaming service Dan's to the fight zone. Joshua. D-A-Z-N. Oh, yeah, I always thought it was Dazn or D- What is it? The zone. Is that oh, what that's supposed yeah, to be? The zone. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyhow, uh, so what do you make of that? Yeah, because when I first heard Wilder's 90 million, is it million pounds or million yeah, dollars? Yeah, 90 million. Uh, to sign with ESPN. As far as I knew, that was a proper spanner in the works because Wilder was with one broadcaster, he was with another, and Josh was it. And it's like, Christ, are they ever going to... Like, there is crossover ones, but it, it can be very, very awkward. But if Wilder's giving it the big one now that he's kind of a free agent, well then there's every chance that that rematch. And Hearn being as good as he is, he should jump on that got, and get his slice. I, I, if all goes well in the other fight, yeah. Christmas time you could see that fight. But that's it. He jumps on that, pairs him. Right, you two get it on. I'll get you a shitload of money, and then you, you can both take on AJ. The winner takes on AJ, and then obviously the loser can come back in again. You know, there's no reason why the two of the, uh, there can't be two or three fights out of the three of them fighters. So it'll be interesting, but. The fact that what you just said about Wilder makes it a bit easier for that to for happen. For that to happen. As, as um, you were saying earlier, it's a tricky And then the last presser, yep. as they know is, is between Eubank and De Gale. They're taking each other on in the O2 Arena on Saturday night. And De Gale can't wait to uh, knock out that deluded moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big stuff. But uh, the biggest controversy where the two of them got very annoyed today at the press conference, there was rumours that one of them really gave it the big one to ITV to get Groves off the punditry yeah. for some reason. And both of them got really tetchy. It wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was him, it was him. And But by all accounts, Grove is going to be on. But he was originally axed due to one of them saying he's got to go. But why? No idea. Well, who cares? Who knows? Who cares about him? See, he took, the, he took both of them on, he bet both of them. I don't know, maybe one of them really doesn't want them on. I don't know. But it, that's, it's just the detail of it, I couldn't tell you because they both denied it and they were both a bit sketchy on it. But uh, by all accounts, he will be on the on the panel. But for a, a short time, it looked like he was getting the boot due okay. to a request. There you go. Listen, we'll be back after the break. Tune to Lippy Sound 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. Can you hear that? Pump it up a little bit. Get out your lino, get out on the street, you've got five years. Do you want to know why? Why? Breakdancing is coming to the Olympics in 2024. Shut up, is it? I sugar you not. I read it 20 times today, Gallon. Seriously? It's not the most funkiest of uh, breakdancing songs, but anyway, I'm going to go with it. Oh, there's one called Terry Apollo. let's keep going. But yeah, um, do you know the way they always bring in show... Ooh. Mm. 
I put me hip out. Ow! Look at you. Look at you. You're getting into it now. <laughs> must be some good break. That's J-Rock. He's old school, I think. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. <laughs> anyway. Go on, so it's in the Olympics uh, for 2024. Do you know the way they sometimes bring in the... and It's very much to try and bring in the, the new crowd, the young crowd. It's a bit like the X Game type sports that are coming into um, uh, Winter Olympics and stuff. Mm, busting the move, I'm popping and locking here. Anyway, so basically that's coming in in 2024. In 2020, um, it's going to be surfing, skateboarding and sport climbing. Sport climbing. I have no idea. Now, the one thing Is I can like guess... A, just a wall? The one thing I can guess, and I've seen clips of it before, and it's bonkers. Do you know, like, the you go you go into these places and you have the, the wall, the plat, like, you go in, like, they race up it, but some yeah. of these guys are freaks, as you saying, bolts from yeah, the top yeah, to bottom. Yeah. I, don't, I presume it's going to be something like that. I haven't looked into it. i just seen... I was reading the article of 2024, and they said, oh, by the way, surfing, sport climbing, and skateboarding are in 2020. Well, something interesting, so something new, go. something fresh. But apparently, dance sport. There's a dance sport president. So there's such a thing as dance sport breakdance in it, and they're saying it's a wonderful thing. Listen, it's exactly. I'm not giving out about it, but it's very much bringing in the younger crowds back into the Olympics because the success of your snowboards and the other X, X Games t- style stuff in the Winter Olympics, they're obviously trying to do the same. Remember a bit like the the, the attention. I'm just I just want to keep talking, so it's in the background. Uh, the beach volleyball yeah the interest that that got and bringing in the kind of newer newer age sports and stuff like that so that's, that's and, and that's what kind of going. drugs you have to be on to do breakdance <laughs> I don't know <laughs> do you not just feel that beat you can't do it clean no. you can't do it clean there's no sport in Amen. <laughs> allegedly no. there's no sport no. allegedly there has uh, to be a clean sport out there somewhere yeah actually yeah do you have to be on something like what if you were clean you're gone in, in breakdancing you have to drop them. You have to drop an asset before. You <laughs> <throw it. laughs> would it be deadly? Would it be deadly if you had to drop an asset before and then you got these goggles on and then the people at home would see what you're seeing <laughs> and dance to it? That'd be amazing. <laughs> and there you go. You've heard it here first. Breakdancing is coming to the Olympics in 2024. So speaking of kind of traditional Olympics. Uh, athletics all the indoor circuits currently on at the minute and Laura Muir is kind of their great middle distance runner in Britain's Hope Uh, and the spike she wore um, which broke the British indoor mile record on Saturday will be investigated if complaints are made about them athletics governing body has said Uh, Scott Muir took uh, the Scott Muir not Scott Muir um, took five seconds off the 31 year old Mark while competing at the indoor Grand Prix in, uh, in Birmingham however sports are manufacturer is reporting reportedly seeking clarification whether her shoes are prototypes hmm. whatever anyway. no evidence no evidence yeah. <laughs> so anyway there you go okay uh, our friends over in Iran uh, last week remember they changed the Manchester United crest because <laughs> They the put it back to the 1970 crest, which has the yeah. ship on it, because the devil the was on it. it. Ship. Oh, right. Uh, a, 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 a ship <laughs> with a T would reflect the season and the first half of this year. But yeah. no, yes, they got rid of the devil. But this this week, they seem to be making a name for themselves, Iranian TV. Maybe they're going to take over Sky or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bayern Munich's Bundesliga game against Augsburg was not shown by Iranian TV because the referee for the match was a woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. IRIB are said to have cancelled their scheduled coverage because Iran uh, and its Islamic laws do not approve of showing images of women wearing clothes that 
reveal oh, large amount of skin. Yeah. So, and I'm looking at her now. Uh, what's her name? Ooh, where's her? Where's her name? Oh God, Bibiana Stanhus, mm-hmm. right? And all you can see is her knees. The socks are right up to her knees. Shocking. The shorts are all the way down to her knees. Shocking. Ooh. <laughs> next. Listen, here, listen, Andy Gray, calm down. Uh, <laughs> just uh, Chelsea are very comfortably uh, into the next round. There's only three minutes to go, and they are treening up against Malmo. Five one in aggregate. Yeah. Goal scorers are. Olivier Giroud, Ross Barkley, ah, and Callum Hudson Adoy. Funny enough, now this is this is why you would think Saturday. Now we're getting back to football, but Saturday last week against Manchester United mm-hmm. brought on a defender when losing two 0 and Adoy was left on the bench. Apparently, every game somebody put it up on a Facebook post or a Twitter post, um, say the last ten games and the different minutes, but Kovacic for Barkley or Barkley for Kovacic, and apparently it's just the same subs all the time. But yeah, same thing. Was it very much like yeah, the game's written off or like for like? So you can only you can only blame the players so throw, much. You're not going to roll the dice for 15 minutes to go and mm. throw on the and get beaten three nothing, giving it a go instead of uh, let's close out a two 0 Ah, yeah, very strange. He's not setting himself like the football people on TV are very much like. Listen, they brought him in to change tactic. They have to stick with him. Others are like, oh, I don't think the players are happy. It's. Ah, uh, it's a miserable game being a manager nowadays. It's you've literally to be perfect almost immediately. You get very little time, um, and it's very interesting now where people are starting to look at is the tro- is a potential trophy this season at Liverpool. Like, yeah, you know, and I know he's got a, a bit longer of a stay of execution, but they're slowly turning. As I said a couple of weeks ago, the spotlight on him and a couple of articles going is a trophy this season going to be still looked at as a success if they're only a point or two off City and they get to it. Uh, a run in the in the Champions League. It's very interesting. Well, Managers literally don't get much. With time Chelsea, off. he's gone because they yeah. don't they, they don't take. Well, if you look at his form, Abramovich, he doesn't hang no. about. And then the rumours also in a few of the papers this week whether they're because well, because it's, it's in a few. You have to kind of give it a bit of credit. Um, apparently, if he doesn't win on Sunday, it's game over. Yep. Uh, against Man City no I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say he'll get to the end of the season I just couldn't mm. see him changing but they will I think they definitely will let him go at the end of the season yeah. anyhow if you think that your team and Chelsea were on the end of some poor results last weekend then spare a thought for the Italian minnows pro <laughs> Picenza they were beating what score? the serious C side uh, strugglers were beating 20 nil. yes 20 but, nil boy, by yeah. league rivals Oh, that's how they spent this one. Cuneo. I know. Cuneo. That's like Mayo. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> in their defence, they're currently bottom of Italian tour. Yeah, div- but how many were on division. the field? I'll tell you oh, now. You're there. The Northern Club are in serious financial trouble and they were deducted eight points earlier in the campaign and reportedly failed to pay their players since August, resulting in the resignation of the majority of the first team squad. They had failed to pl- play any of their past three fixtures uh, before Sundays and they only had eight players seven oh seven uh, sorry absolutely seven man team with goalkeeper obviously eight including six teenagers imagine that was your team even Blackpool are better than imagine that. sitting on the sideline now exactly. jeez imagine the eight crowd who went how many are playing what how many what <laughs> yeah. hey yeah. hey hey <laughs> madness uh, Zion Williamson know him well no basically he's the next great Basketball, once in a generation uh, player. Um, he's 18 years old, playing for Duke. Duke basically are the Man United, the superpower of uh, US college basketball. And basically, apparently, in the last couple of weeks, 
tickets for Duke games are going they were going for more than what the Super Bowl tickets were going for on the black market some people paying up to 8,000 and in the last month Floyd Mayweather Jay-Z LeBron himself and Barack Obama have been down to watch Duke play to see this guy who is uh, nailed on to be the number one draft in the, this year in the summer's draft for the NBA however the other night when they were playing I can't remember which Carolina it was a north or south probably north um, 20 odd seconds in his shoe went to smithereens the sole completely went his foot went through it sprained his knee it mightn't be all that bad they reckon it might be only a, a week or two but uh, yeah I went to do a bit of a go left go right kind of shimmy and all of a sudden his foot went the other way but you can see a sock and everything the whole shit and now Nike are probably disgusted I was just about to say whose shoe was it's it it's Nike and they're probably disgusted but at the same time they're getting them credible advertisements from it as well though not necessarily good advertising but, but they say any publicity is good publicity but it was literally everywhere and if you google it you'll see them doing it and yeah the shoe just the whole soul just completely disintegrates and they're like oh we look into it yes there is some defects but you know we usually make them to the highest quality or whatever so Fortunately, it looks like it's only a slight sprain. He's going to be okay. But um, by all accounts, this is the guy who's going to take King James's uh, mantle. He'd be the next big, big thing by all accounts. And he's smashing all records this year. Interesting. So one to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, Zion Williamson. If you, 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 no doubt if he does hit the big time, you'll hear about him. But Jan, good old Nike. Okay. You well, all know about the ghost goal. All right. So that was, <laughs> that was uh, Garcia. Do you remember? Do you, but, but have you ever heard of the ghost game? Oh. Radamel Falcao's move to Manchester United. The Colombian proved the hitman was a shell of his former self in England. Okay. Uh, he managed just four goals in 29 games for Manchester yeah. United and cost him uh, an arm and a leg. You know, he paid him how much? 265,000. That was. Sh- wow. You know what? That's, that's a lot of money then. Yeah. You know, now it's kind yeah. of been covered up and all, but it's, it's a lot of money then. But that wasn't the only eye-watering figure in this contract because according to Football Leaks United paid millions for a ghost game Falcao arrived on the deadline day and in addition to a 4.8 million loan deal United agreed to pay 3 million bonus for a top 4 finish but under League 1 rules that clause was illegal Uh now so how do you think they got away with that? Obviously a ghost game. So what they decided said, so United were sneaky about what way they were going to go around that and they promised to pay Monaco a sum for a postseason friendly if they finished in the top four. Even if the match never took place. So of course it never did and uh, they got their payment. And seemingly that's not the first time that this is after happening. Sure, there's loads, loads of, of little things around. So that's really a, that's your that's really your that. that's your ghost game. So, so there's a ghost game. Yeah. So as well as the ghost goal, uh, when Liverpool I was over the line. Falsely <laughs> went on. It's over the line. How did Good Johnson not get that chance right at the very end? It's still to this day when I watch it, going, how did he not put that in? <laughs> Unbelievable, beautiful. Jimmy Traore as a Champions League medal. I know, there's a lot of people you have to think about over the years. Uh, if you went and looked through any squads, you'd be looking at But there was, there was somebody, now I don't think he played the, night, uh, the, the 99 one, but there was one of those random lads with the tracksuit top on with his hands on the trophy going, get your hands off that, you mad thing. I can't remember who it was for United, but anyway, it's crazy. Steve Stricker has been named the US Ryder Cup captain for next year to go up against Parik Harrington okay. in whistling straights. Um, solid player, uh, uh, 
was playing up until quite recently and was the one of the vice captains in the last one. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And also in golf, McElroy has put out a statement he is not playing in the Irish Open. Yeah, but it's not only the Irish Open. He's not playing in most of the tour. See, basically you have to play four tournaments outside of the WGC and majors to keep your card. Hmm. And he said, oh, I will be keeping my card because maybe there's some kind of Exemption. Well, the thing is, if you don't keep your European card, seemingly you're exempt from oh, being from, yeah. a Ryder Cup captain exactly. in the future. Or, yeah, well, that too. And to play, obviously, next year, he needs to be a European Tour member. Mm. Um, so at the moment, he's only penciling for two. But as we talked about last week with the new prize money, he might sneak in the Arab Swing or the DP World Championship, or whatever, yeah. at the end. His reasons are. the FedEx Cup finishes late August. Um he doesn't want to play three weeks in a row up until the basically. So basically, the, the British play Open it. is got higher priority this year because it's up the north in Royal Port Rush. Yeah, and he is determined to make sure he's up at the. So top if of the he tree. played for in the Irish one, then he would have to go and play in the Scottish one, and then he'd have to go and play in the yeah. British so Open. Presumably, so obviously, he's going to play in Scotland. Yeah. I presume that, yeah. which I would have thought, would you not just stay in Ireland? But is the Irish is the Irish Open not in the north? It's in La Hinch. Oh, it's in La Clare. Okay. So. Oh yeah, the British Open. It's, yeah, okay. Listen. I'm, it's 50-50 for me he's done an incredible job of the mm. Irish Open in the last few years and, and he's he, not saying that he's not going to come back exactly what he's saying is he he's going to focus this year. he's going to focus on trying to win a major this year and, and this is the way he it's sees his it his home major like whatever about the Irish Open being your home tournament but this is a major in your back back door mm. your back garden this is it this is massive even McDowell's even though he's no chance but they'll isn't McKinley the he's the one who's um, the ambassador or for this year for this one so, and he's not impressed at all Oh, absolutely not, because maybe he would have given him the nod last year when it was announced it was McGinley. Oh, yeah, I'll be there, whatever. And then all of a sudden, do you know what? Deep down, it's probably not ideal. Because it's basically going to be a bit like the British Masters now. There's going to be a cycle. Mm. Um, so it's going to be, say, McGinley and maybe Harrington and Lowry. And it, eventually, McElroy will probably take him on again yeah. once every four or five years. So, yes, it's a bit of a slap in the face to McGinley, who would have been his Ryder Cup captain and probably would have helped him out a lot over the last few years. So... Yeah, listen, I can I can completely understand people's criticisms, but there's a slight bit of me that can kind of go, I can kind of understand where he's coming from for this one-off year. Plus, he's done plenty for that tournament in the last couple of seasons. He's yeah, brought it back no to life. And by all accounts, from the Monday to the actual tournament, his preparation is shocking because he's literally here, there and everywhere trying to get everything done, being the ambassador and his foundation. He's non-stop kind of at it. So, obviously, he wouldn't have to do it this year, but maybe, you know. And the fact that he's British, so... <laughs> <laughs> but he did it again at the weekend, you know. He, on the Saturday, he was the best player in the world by a mile. His golf was ridiculous. You know, his putting, he was hitting them from 40 and 50 feet. He was stitching within a few. And, but there's just that one round. It's to, it's to try and get it over the four. It's just crazy at the minute. Um, it's good to see him up near the top anyway. So with a bit of luck now, we might see what happens. And Tiger was out during the week as well. And he's really determined. Apparently, he's been preparing since October for the Masters. Okay, yeah. And he likes that course. So. Oh, of course. And, and it is a place where form, like Fred Couples always puts in a couple of good rounds and then his back gives way. You know, if, if you play well there, you like it. You know, it should be, it could be a cracker. But knowledge, experience at a course is is huge, isn't it? Massive. It's just if can Tiger can keep the ball straight. Uh, just go back to just the, on the, uh, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lincoln City. Lincoln yeah, City. The imps. Are they the imps? The imps. Yeah. Uh, the fourth tier side is on a recruitment drive for Irish talent by hiring an Irish language tutor to oh. help any young footballers from this side of the watery uh, water study for the leaving cert. 
so they must be go- they must be going on a, a bit of a drive here to try and get as many Irish players in as possible. Yeah. I mean, it is a little sort of a, a gold mine for players. It's a gap in the market, so to yeah. speak, and Lincoln are probably up against. It's a bit like Sweden and, and yeah, Norway up against was. Against ninety-one other bloody clubs. Yeah. And some of them are probably right on their doorstep that are bigger than them. And uh, yeah, let's bring in a few paddies and we'll teach them a few few couple fuckle. Yeah. Um, and speaking of football, just a quick one: um, the Euro twenty twenty-one Women's Championships, which is being held in England, Ireland got a bloody tough draw. Um, Germany, Ukraine, Montenegro, and Greece. Um, they were a third seed in the group. Um, so Germany and Ukraine were the top ones, but Germany, of course, are a superpower. And by all accounts, Europe, Ukraine are, are an up-and-coming outfit, so Colin Bell is up against it anyway. But uh, listen, they've got a chance like everything else, but I think it's uh, 16 in the tournament. So I think it's the top teams go through, and then there's going to be a playoff with the with the runners-up. But with Germany in it, I think second is as good as they're probably going to get. With a bit of luck. Tough, yeah, with Germany. They had a good start in, the last, in, the, in their last qualifier, so with a bit of luck, they might get a bit of the same. But yeah, they're certainly up against it. Rugby. Oh, yeah, there's rugby this week. There's rugby on this week. I tell you one thing, Sunday's talk, a nightmare. Talk about Sunday. Sunday's a nightmare because you've got the great that is Liverpool and Man United taking each other on in a massive game now. United trying to spoil the party and keep their momentum going. And, of course, you, Liverpool wanting to technically win their game in hand but that's at 2 o'clock I think 2 o'clock kick off then you've got Ireland at 3 o'clock scuppering that's going to be a couple of different uh, media platforms in your house screens everywhere and then the League Cup is on at 4 o'clock so the Ireland Italy game is sandwiched between two big games so it's interesting stuff plenty to watch so fill your boots but uh, yeah Ireland away, uh, Ireland away to Italy Expect them to do the job. The big one, really, this week is England and Wales. England uh, and Wales. England going to Wales now. On Massive p- game. Perfect timing, because Dan Kerr was just talking about what it's like to be an England fan when they're playing Wales. Go right through the middle of Cardiff, and you know, there's loads of stories of people swearing at you and all that sort of stuff, but it does happen. There's generally, I remember old women st- stood up giving you the middle finger, uh, and it's kind of the whole app. Just directing. Just directing the traffic. Yeah. yeah, here you go, guys. Come in. They, do they single out one person on the bus? They look you in the eye and go, "Danny Care, I'm giving you the bird." Or do they just sort of move it around? It's to a get general the bird to the whole team. So you make sure that the analysts have got it, the players have got it, the coaches. So the have wind's got been what I preferred. <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> so getting, everyone's, everyone's getting the bird. I think they are blacked out windows, so they can't really see, and they can see figures. So I don't know if they know that. Oh, well, that's Danny. Yeah, he's getting he's getting the bird. <laughs> But generally, one one time, everyone's given a slow to stick. Everyone's shouted at the bus, giving us the finger. And this one lad had obviously had a few beers in the middle of Cardiff. Thought, I'm going to take this one step further. Ran, we were all watching, ran at the bus, jumped and headbutted the side of the bus. Obviously, the bus won, which was... Yeah, fair enough. Which was nice. But that kind of shows that the passion... Oh, <laughs> All the stupidity of some people that the he hatred. thought the <laughs> hatred that he might come and headbutt the bus and win, but it just showed you are hated there. Yeah, some of those fans generally hate you. They want to make it miserable for you. They want to make the journey in there not scare, scary in a way, but like Hostile. intimidating, hostile. Why does everyone hate us? I don't know. <laughs> why? Why? Uh, I say, why does everyone dislike us? The thing is, is that it's not really just Wales, is it? <laughs> I would say maybe Italy are the only ones like who don't United have that. Like United fans, move on. We don't all hate Liverpool fans. Move on. England, now everyone hates it. <laughs> Dublin fans, maybe. 
31 counties, but everyone hates England. It's just, uh, I mean, they're so dominant over all the, the, the home nations, if you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Over hundreds of years. Of and, course. And it's never forgotten about, so Actually, they you, all want to get one it, over. So. But, uh, but a massive game. Both teams have shown great signs. Obviously, England would be the favourites, but, you know, Wales were slightly disappointed in the last game, but were very impressive against France. At home, no excuse. The home advantage is massive in rugby. Um, so it's it's a it's a very tough one to decide, but I will have to plumb just for England. I think England. I mean, England, yeah. grand, sl- grand Slam, more than likely. Oh, well, once they win today, today once they win on Saturday, I would, I would yeah. expect them to finish the job off yeah. because they've had, they've only Scotland and Italy left. Yeah. And I'd oh, well, not right off Scotland. Oh, no, now, I but, wouldn't, but, you'd but you would expect them, after expect beating Ireland, yeah, it, yeah. France, and Wales, you should finish it off. And if they don't, that says more about them and the mentality of, oh, we've, we've, we've done the job and kick back and whatever. So, no, yeah. they should be ruthless. I'm just looking. You had the darts up for about 50 minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to finish it gone. off, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> um, Oh, you can't a remember. guy from Carlo Lennon is his name yeah. because every week there's a new player coming in to fill, to fill Gary Anderson's fixture because he got some work done on his back he's crippled um, but he's going to be back in the next week or two and it's on in the O2 tonight in Dublin and obviously they got in somebody local got a guy in and uh, Snakebite Roy bet him 7-5 Michael Van Geren done a right job on Rob Cross 7-2 and then the first game was a draw which was Wade and a another and we'll take the rest next week. Okay, listen, thanks very much. We'll talk to you next week.